0: You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Alex Wallachie here with Mike Mendoza and Craig Wright to talk about Ryan Adams' 1989. Welcome to the program. Thank
2: you for having us.
0: Thank you for having us.
1: So introduction, Mike, you're a big Taylor Swift fan.
0: I am. Um, I like to say that I'm the designated Taylor Swift correspondent here at the Emerald. Uh, pretty proud of that.
1: And Craig, you're a pretty big Ryan Adams fan.
2: Yes, I like Ryan Adams. I've seen him in concerts, so I'm probably the most qualified one in the office. So. Yeah, and then we actually got started on this article last year. This is actually how Mike and I met it was through Taylor Swift. Uh, so Mike asked me, like, I've never written a music review before, but I really want to do the Taylor Swift album, so what do I need to look for? And so we kind of started talking, and I told him I'd never heard a Taylor Swift song before in my life, and he looked like he was going to inflict physical pain on me. So we decided to do the review together, and now we're here with Ryan Adams doing a full cover album.
0: Yeah, and I'd say that's probably one of the most fun I would had with writing an article here at the Emerald. Uh, just listening to Taylor Swift and introducing Taylor Swift to, to someone who's never heard Taylor Swift was great. And now it, the tables have turned uh, where I never heard Ryan Adams, and now I appreciate him so much more than I did last week.
2: And I'm now obsessed with Taylor Swift, so it's gone full circle.
1: All right, so diving in, can you explain a little bit of the background of 1989, the Ryan Adams version?
2: So basically, Ryan Adams was married to Mandy Moore from two thousand nine until they broke up right before Christmas of this year. And apparently, he was feeling pretty lonely, so he decided he was going to start making some Taylor Swift covers because her song White Horse made him cry. He's a you know middle aged man, and her songs are making him cry. And I happened to listen to that song at breakfast this morning, and I was holding back tears while eating my cinnamon toast crunch. So. She has that power on people, and so basically he started recording his own covers, just taking these songs down, and he had a four-track recorder, which is just really cheap, and it ended up eating the whole tape, so he just kind of forgot about the project, and then I think Taylor Swift heard about it, that he was doing it, right?
0: Yeah, he actually, I think he initially tweeted out not too long after 1989 was actually released, so back in November, December, around Christmas time, around Christmas time, uh and she heard about it and she got a, like, she retweeted it i think and uh there was an interview for beats one radio where he said that he deleted the tweet right after she retweeted the tweet so people were like oh he was like trolling her or, or like kind of making fun of her album but turns out no it, it's the complete opposite she he well, they both have mutual uh respect for each other and it's Turned out to be one of the greatest projects uh, of this year, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I think that's important to emphasize that it's not a parody or, like, it's not mean-spirited. Um, when I was talking to my roommate about it, she was like, well, why wouldn't I just listen to a Taylor Swift acoustic covers? Why why do I have to listen to this guy do it? But
2: Because then she'd be Justin Bieber. <laughs> look, it would be 1989 2.0. No one wants that.
1: But I think the point is that, it's a compliment. The whole thing is kind of a love letter to Taylor and her music.
2: Very much so, yeah. No, they have a ton of mutual respect for each other. They've actually written together before for Red, I believe, but the song was never released. Uh, Taylor Swift was struggling with the song. She took it to Ryan Adams' Pax sam Studios, and they just discovered, like, wow, they're getting insanely talented, and they got along very well.
1: And Ryan Adams has a lot of unreleased tracks, right?
2: He... No one knows how much unreleased stuff he has, but there are rumors that he has just insane amounts of backlog. Uh, there's the biggest rumor is that he has an unreleased mandolin and banjo cover of The Strokes' album, Is This It?, which he did right after uh, Gold, which is his second solo album. For the album Demolition, he wrote 60 songs and narrowed it down to 13. So in 2005, he had three albums released in one year. I mean, that's That's Bruce Springsteen levels of because Bruce Springsteen has two box sets of unreleased tracks. So the first one's called Tracks, and then 2012, I believe it was, he released The Promise, which was the four discs worth of material, or sorry, two discs worth of material that went into Darkstone on the Edge of Town. So he's very prolific.
1: And you mentioned Bruce Springsteen, which might be a good spring sp- springboard into a Springsteen springboard into the album because there are a lot of parallels and comparisons between Springsteen and Ryan Adams covers.
2: Yeah, he, Ryan Adams even said when he started, like, I'm gonna make 1989 Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska, which is not a happy album. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's depressing, it's dark, he did that after, I believe after Darkness on the Edge of Town and Before the River.
0: Do you know the first two lines by memory, basically Jack.
2: starts uh, it's him, an acoustic guitar, I saw her standing on her front lawn, just a twirling her baton, and then it just goes
1: into murder, so. Goes
0: yeah. into just murder? Instantly. Just It takes two lines, and you immediately know this is not a happy album. Yeah, it's quick.
1: And I wouldn't necessarily describe this album of covers as a happy album. It's kind of melancholy, it's a lot slower, the tempo's pretty slow, it's very stripped down.
2: So in that Beats 1 interview that Mike mentioned earlier, uh, Ryan Abs even said he tried to keep all the chord structures the same because he felt the originals were so strong in their own but he just wanted to deconstruct it and make it his own and i know taylor swift is a very big fan of it and i'm sure she cried when she first heard it because she's that type i mean of person.
0: i don't know who didn't i i shed a tear i mean that, it, that it, his version is very powerful you know he you, you know he was in a different place than where Taylor was or where Taylor Swift yeah we're on a first name basis uh, where Taylor Swift was uh, when she wrote her version of 1989 um, and you can just tell he was in a sad moment of uh, in his life and he wanted that he wanted that he wanted that to be shown in his version of 1989
2: yeah, yesterday when we were listening to it, we kind of discovered that Taylor Swift's is more of her personal reinvention. You know, she was moving to New York, uh, she did all this stuff that changed her life, you know. She got dumped by Harry Styles, had that horrible relationship. Okay,
1: she might not have gotten <laughs> dumped. That's kind of a far, else? okay. So let's go into a song by song breakdown. Uh, so Craig and Mike are gonna score each song uh, by both artists and then kind of explain their reasoning. Who wants to begin?
2: Well, just as a background, we decided we couldn't pick one album that we liked more. So we thought it'd be kind of a cool idea to just score like a boxing match where there are two points allowed for each song because they each took a turn at it. And if one of them wins, it's two points for that artist. If we decide we can't pick a favorite, they each get one point, but you can only do five of the split decisions to keep it interesting.
0: Waiting for you, welcome to Welcome
2: to, for you.
0: Welcome to Uh welcome to New York. I gave that one to Taylor Swift.
2: Welcome to New York.
0: I gave her the the winning song. Quote unquote winning song because they're both fantastic. Uh, I gave her the winning song because I felt like her version was necessary. Craig and I talked about this um, a couple of times actually. Like she needed "Welcome to New York" to be the opening song, and it because it's super poppy. Uh, everything you can think of a pop song, it's in "Welcome to New York." Um, but I also really appreciate how how it was written because it's basically her diary. Like it, in it, there are lyrics. Uh, there's a line dropped off her bags in our new apartment it's her diary of her moving to New York uh there's also uh, uh, this is the new soundtrack uh this is a new soundtrack it's her saying this is pop now this is me doing pop so I really appreciate how the lyrics are basically her diary and the way uh it opened in 1989 because it was necessary for necessary for her to open up with a super poppy song that's yeah, I, uh, that's a little over the top but it was it had to be done
2: I did the same thing I get two points to welcome New York because it's for her it was kind of a radical departure mean, Red. it you could tell she's kind of starting to transition to pop but wasn't quite there this was the full-fledged like I have arrived as a pop star and you're gonna deal
0: with it
1: you'll never see me at the country music awards again yeah
2: Yeah. she actually told she actually was there was
0: she yeah she got a life she actually won a lifetime achievement at the at this year's uh, country music awards
2: well, according to Rolling Stone magazine, apparently she turned in the final draft of her album and the record producer said, hey, we need three country songs on this. And she smiled and said, I love you, but this is how it's going to be. So she knew what she was doing with this. and.
1: I think yeah. that's also, she said in an interview, why she didn't have her eyes in there, because she knew that if her eyes were in there, people would be like, oh, this is a sad album, or this is a happy album, and just try to label it off the bat, so that's why the cover is kind of vague.
2: Interesting. Yeah. See, Ryan right. almost mentioned that, too, cause he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, Taylor Swift doesn't even have to put her face on the cover, or her full <laughs> name. Or full It's just her initials. And, and it's going to sell five million copies in an age where albums don't sell anymore, so. All
1: right, so the next song is Blank Space. Probably my favorite on Taylor's album.
2: I would have to agree with that, that's probably my favorite one on the album. Well, I'm a singles guy, you know, I I like that and Shake It Off, those are two of my three favorites, the third being Clean. Um, But I tied this one, I scored this one as a tie, because I think both of the versions are just so different that there's no way to pick just one, because Swift's is a satire, you know, it's basically her saying, everyone thinks I'm crazy but you have no idea who I actually am, Mm -hmm. you know, and Ryan Adams. You feel his pain.
1: Nice to meet you, Abe. I can show you incredible things magic, madness, heaven, and sin. Saw you there in I thought, oh my God. Look at that face, you look like my next mistake. Love's
0: game, you won't
1: play. Mike, what were your thoughts on? Space.
0: I also gave it a tie, uh, for mainly the same reasons that Craig did. Uh, yeah, blank space was written as a satire piece um, on the way the media portrays her and her love life with uh, many relationship, many many relationships and many breakups that she's gone through in the public eye. Um, but Ryan Adams' version, he converts it into a ballad that you can you, that you believe that you believe he went through this. A uh, beautiful phase in the phase in the relationship uh, where he absolutely loved the girl, and then it literally just goes down and burns in flames. It the way he does it is magnificent, um, and it's just so soothing. From from the the difference between uh, Blank Space, where you want to go out, you want to go dance, you, you sing it from the top of your lungs, um, and Brian Adams, you just you sit down, you listen to Blank Space and you relax you you, you feel that uh, you feel at ease when you listen to to his version uh for style i gave that one another split uh style um craig since the first time i i had him listen to 1989 Taylor Swift's version um one of the first things he said was like style could be a good punk punk song and shake it off, actually. oh well you said that with this one too Yes, uh, it, after yeah. hearing his version. I'm yeah, well, yeah. And, and like i version. that's a that's one thing I did notice when he when I first listened to his album, like, oh, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do a punk punk version of style. Um, but he backs off of it. Uh for Ryan Adams version he starts it off with the punk opening and he backs off but, in, in, but he keeps that rock element throughout um, and I feel like if you strip down Taylor Swift's version that's what it was meant to be as well um, but because she was going through the pop, uh, through her pop era she wanted to keep uh, put that pop element in it uh, but when, seeing her perform it live it was also pretty upbeat, pretty pretty it was heavier in in the live uh, concert than it was in the album uh, and so when I heard Ryan Adams uh, version I really felt like he captured what she was going for in style than um, what she actually put on the album
2: So far we're identical, I've scored that in the same way as a tie, because Taylor Swift essentially set out what she was trying to do, and she made the idea of the 80s sound cool. She essentially rewrote the Who's Eminence front, but just in a totally different way, and then for Ryan Adams to do his version, which just, it's totally different, kind of a punk song, like Mike said, and they just have such different takes that I couldn't side with one.
1: Alright, so moving on to track four, Out of the Woods, Craig, what was your score?
2: I scored Out of the Woods 2 for Taylor Swift. Cause I, As much as I love Ryan Adams' version, because he turns into a slow waltz, which I just never would have imagined anyone doing, because that's such... It just has such good energy in her version.
1: It really sounded like... His version sounded like something off the Twilight soundtrack. I was just like... I was not a fan of that one.
0: Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah, I just think... And hearing his version made me appreciate hers more, which I happen... That happened like five different times, right? I hear his version go, oh, that's what she's saying. And it just took on a whole new life for me, so... I love that both the albums complement each other so well. Because there were times when I got so much more out of, you know, one of the other person's takes on it.
0: Well, no, I, feel out of, I don't want to reveal what I scored for Out of the Woods, because I gave this one to Ryan Adams. Um, I think it was the, 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 the switching it up into a waltz that that did it for me. Um, and also, I'm probably going to go into a bigger spiel in the, on this later, but Out of the Woods is probably not her Taylor Swift's uh, best lyrically written song um she is she has incredible talent for writing um and i don't feel like out of the woods shows that um and there's also another song that you guys might attack me for later that i'll also comment on but out of the woods i just feel like that's not uh lyrically as powerful as taylor swift could could make it um but when i heard ryan's adams version and and it's it's also all his songs are soothing on this album but I, Soothing um, intro all the way until he switches it up into a waltz. I I I couldn't say no to Ryan Adams on this one.
2: See, i will say after hearing ryan adams version i noticed how great taylor Swift's vocals are on this because that was the first one that I actually stopped and said wow that is well sung so all you to do, stay. i just i scored two zero in favor ryan adams that's the first one i've given him uh, he this one he really made his own song like i could totally picture this being on his most recent album or even something like love is hell which it's he totally reinvented I mean, all of them have been complete, you know, 180s of her versions, but this one is the first one that seemed like he could have written himself because, I mean, he just came off his divorce, you know, and so all you had to do was stay. I'm not sure, you know, who was at fault there, but yeah. it just seems like something he would write. Because it's got his, you know, jangly guitar sound and just so much reverb on it that it just floats by and it's great.
1: Yeah, that is important that so much of this album is kind of a renaissance or like a personal development thing and he's in the middle or getting done with a divorce from the star of Tangled
0: I gave this one to uh, Taylor Swift mainly because I don't know all that background that you just said about Ryan Adams. Uh, I, I, I didn't feel like this one, he killed it like all the other ones, like going through listening from track by track, one one through 13. Um, I felt like each one was made his own. Um, I, for, for some reason, this one, this one didn't stick out to me as much as the other ones did. Um, and so I feel like Taylor's version, original version, was just spot on. Um,
2: Mainly the, the guitar work stood out for me because the first two songs on his new album, they just have that feel where it's just the guitar, it, it rings, and he's in total control. When he plays live, it's the same sound. it's He's just fun to watch when he's at the guitar. like He did some work with Jenny Lewis as well on her most recent album. Oh, The, the
1: Voyager? Yeah, yeah.
2: He produced, I, if not the whole album, at least um, just one of the guys, I believe. And oh,
1: that's definitely the best song of the album, yeah. yeah.
2: And head underwater, but Mm -hmm. yeah, the guitar is—it's there too, and it's just a sound that works for multiple genres. I mean, he does it for his own stuff, Jenny Lewis's, and it works for Taylor Swift as well. So, Yeah.
1: All right. So, shall we move on to "Shake Shake It Off"?
2: Mike, you mentioned that you aren't a big fan of this one, so you... you
0: I am not. Um, I'll quote you on saying that this is uh, her statement song, uh, and I completely agree. But again, I'll, I'm going back to my argument of her her lyrics not being the strongest that she's written. Um because a lot of a lot of fans that's how they connect with Taylor with Taylor Swift at first um and that's how I connected uh, uh to Taylor Swift for the first time listening to back to december um was literally life changing for me um that's that's when I first heard her that's when I actually listened and appreciated her cuz like I heard uh you belong with me and uh, uh love story on the radio like all right these are pretty good songs but when i heard back to december on pandora on shuffle um and listened to it actually listened to it um i i i connected to with her through her lyrics and that's that's what first caught me with uh on falling taylor swift her lyrics uh and then i just went back to to fearless her self-titled and then to red cuz red was released like three months after i first listened to her so i went through the lyrics and that's what made me really appreciate her uh and when i when i heard that she was gonna release her first single off 1989 i was pumped pumped uh and when i heard it i was a not disappointed but a little uh, well a little let down just a little um because the lyrics weren't as strong as i hoped they would be but it is a statement song it is that's why I feel like it's the first single released off 1989 because it literally is I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do pop and I don't care what anyone's gonna say I do not care I will do it and go with it and succeed and you just watch.
2: I think it's funny you mention this as the song where you heard Taylor Swift because this was actually the first Taylor Swift song I intentionally listened to and I fell in love immediately I was amazed that it was just so simple and so fun and i loved it and immediately thought okay i should probably listen to this album and yes how'd you score it
0: uh shake it off i think i gave it to adams let me double check i did give it to adams because uh that well that's another thing with with adams version uh i appreciate it i ended up appreciating taylor swift's version more now that i heard ryan adams version And so, having him make me appreciate her more, that he did something right there. See,
2: and also just connecting, it's weird, because this, he said this was the one he did in the style of Bruce Springsteen's On Fire. Uh Born in the USA was my album in fifth grade. Like, that's about all I listened to. Don't roll your eyes at me. I
1: just When you added <laughs> the fifth grade part, I was like, okay. I started young. Cool, cool. Sorry, yeah, continue. So continue.
2: So it's just interesting to me that this is the one that he did the Springsteen style on because it, I, I couldn't help but kind of smile when I first heard it. And I just scored this one a split because this I just thought it was great that, you know, first host of song I heard. So that one's kind of special to me. Like, oh, you know, I gave it a shot and I was wrong. And then it's also a Bruce Springsteen song, and I mean th- the boss can do no wrong. So
1: that's very true. Yeah. All right. So after "Shake It Off" comes "I Wish You Would."
0: Um. But for "I Wish You Would," I scored that one for Taylor Swift. She actually, I feel, I think I read this up on Tumblr, cause Tumblr is the Taylor Swift universe. I mean, um, she's on it. You yeah. can
1: Follow Taylor Swift on Tumblr. I
0: do. Uh, <laughs> Same. Um, but I read, I read someone say that she actually removed this one from her tour set, tour set list, and I don't know why. Well, that's it, interesting. It's a good song. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, I I scored this one mainly for for. For Taylor Swift because Ryan Adams is maybe a little too simple I feel um, I feel like nothing really struck out on me uh, than to te- then Taylor Swifts versions uh it, it's a soothing soothing ballad but uh, nothing hit me with with that force of like yes this is this is I, I want to hear more
2: I wish that she uh, never forget you as long as I live. I wish you were right here, right now, it's all were- yeah, for Taylor Swift. Uh, this is the only one that I thought, like, it could have been better on Ryan Adams. The first thing I thought of was that the guitar parts seemed more fit for blank space to me, but that, that could just be me. It
1: did get a little repetitive listening to it, and it's like, oh, I've heard this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so not the strongest, but I mean, still, yeah, like, not complaining about it. No. So.
1: so, Point Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, Bad Blood.
2: So, Bad Blood is my personal least favorite song from 1989.
0: Really? Mine as well.
2: Mine as well. Both. Oh, like really? Yeah. I,
1: it's Even the Kendrick with, version? Kendrick,
0: Kendrick version, version gets gets a more uh, respect than the original version.
1: Yeah.
2: I, there's just something about it that I can't get behind. I feel like it's she's not quite there yet. Like, she's g- getting into pop, but it's just not fully there yet. Or she was trying something that she wasn't comfortable with. I don't know. There's just something about it. And Ryan Adams, I think this is the strongest one on either of the two albums. It's
0: completely agree with that yeah. I scored this one for Ryan Adams
2: me too yeah it was this was the first one I wrote down like I because Mike and I we scored it by listening to them side by side and then we'd score it and although I gotta say when we did that I noticed we skipped a lot more of Taylor Swift's songs than Ryan Adams because once his started we couldn't turn it
0: off not so much skip but like You'd stop heard it, I'm sure. yeah. So, yeah that we that that that, we, that, that, ruled, that did rule in but we we did go through Taylor Swift like a minute and a half like okay we got that
2: yeah, but Ryan Adams, every time, was like, should we just finish it? <laughs> We're like two and a half minutes in, we might as well just finish it. So it has that effect on you. This one is the star, I think. Uh- it- I think this is why cover songs exist. Cause I think he took it to another level, and it just elevated it so much further. And it's so rare that a good, like a cover song is rarely better than the original.
1: It's like when Miley Cyrus does Nirvana. You're like, why did that happen? Why? Yeah. Whose idea was that? Exactly. Who said she could?
2: Yeah. 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 So I just think this is the reason cover songs exist. Because on occasion, you get something that is better than the original, and I think. Random right version is far superior. So.
1: And I do like what you guys have been pointing out, that it makes you appreciate the original more, or like you hear other things in the original that you might not have picked up on. I think that's a really big part of this collab or yeah. Not collaboration, but side by Crossing. side. Yeah. So after Bad Blood comes wildest stream. <laughs>
2: This one I was fairly impartial on. I, I scored it a split just because, you know, a lot of streams, it's a good one. Not my favorite. Yeah, I really don't have too much to say about it. So
0: Yeah, this one I split as well. What I really like about uh, the two um, is from their two different perspectives. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, Taylor Swift's version is, you lost, uh, you lost me. This is how you get me back. And then Ryan Adams is, I lost a girl. I messed up. This is how you don't lose a girl, and it, I really like that. But uh, they're both—they are both good, like you said. They weren't fantastic, um, either one. Um, I do really like Taylor's version because it is a single now, and I listen to it more. But in itself, it's not the greatest on the album. Uh, and they're both, they're both equally good, but they don't stick out as much as the other ones do.
2: I will say it's an essential song on IT 89, because it's kind of the slower number, but it still has energy.
1: That's interesting. I would never think of Wildest Dreams on that album as essential. It's See, probably I, one of my least favorite.
2: I questioned why she made it a single, because that was the fourth single. and Then I heard it again, and it's... That, that, again, with her stuff, if you have a reason to go back to it and look at it on its own, things just stand out, and it...
1: You got some good. Oh, no, I certainly don't think it's bad. I just, I don't know, when you're listening to the album and you get their kind of drags, I don't know. It's right after Bad Blood and it really doesn't follow it well for me.
0: When, when we did the first review of 1989, we we sat down and listened to it like 12 times in a row. Uh, and we noticed like, yeah, the second half slows down. Like we lose interest after Shake It Off. Um, and that's how I went for a while. And that's how I felt with Wildest Dreams um, here, doing this, this new uh, session. I felt like, yeah, it's there. It's good, not the best. But it's there.
2: But it's it's more than filler. It's not. It has a reason to be on there. It's not just a, an empty track. You know. No. It is still a very solid song. They're both
0: very good, but they're they're not the best song. You know.
1: Wait. So what did you rate this?
2: I split
0: it. While split. the streams, I split as well.
1: So we're moving on to How to Get to Girl, which we already talked about a bit. I think this is probably my favorite on the album.
2: It was my first favorite. It was
0: my first favorite, too. God. Um, Well. Wait, on Ryan know. Adams I, I or on Taylor on Swift? On Taylor Swift. Taylor <laughs> okay.
1: I meant this is my favorite Ryan Adams.
2: Oh, okay. Right oh, okay. It's it works. It's yeah, I think it's just a great song in general. And it is, yeah, it's yeah. well written. We spoke about it earlier, but yeah, just the whole, he flips it and makes a totally different story. And I, I get a kick out of both versions, so I split this one. Did
0: you split That's it a, as well? I did split it, yeah.
2: I just don't think there's a way to mess that song up. Although yeah. I say that and I've heard Charlie XCX's cover of Shake It Off.
1: Oh wow, I've not heard that. It's, it's no, don't okay. It's
2: yeah, it's it's not good.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, so this love is next. Wasn't particularly a fan.
2: I wasn't either, but I scored the back half just because we just listened to it and I was like, okay, I remember these ones, I like these ones more. And this was the first one I scored. This was the first one I scored and it went to Ryan Adams. And I was looking through and I actually had a tie at the end until this song. That kind of just gave away how I scored it in the end. But this was the deciding song for me because I never really liked it much. I didn't even remember what it was until Ryan Adams got to the chorus. It was like, oh yeah, that song exists. And then we listened to it got all the way through both of them, and I had to hear Taylor Swift's again, and for some reason it just struck a chord with me, and I scored it for Taylor Swift on this one. so. Uh,
0: this love I scored for Taylor Swift, uh, mainly because I feel like this is her song. I feel like Ryan Adams version uh is is done in a way where I can hear Taylor Swift perform it. He performs it on uh he, he he converts it into like a piano ballad sort of thing um and I feel like it was written a little too late for Taylor. Um if it was done on if th- if this song was written for Red, she would have performed it exactly like this
2: didn't you say when you saw her she did this
0: one uh no she did wildest dreams on the piano sorry, okay. but she she actually well she did a uh, this song i've been saying that this is the oddball in Taylor Swift's version because she starts off with the, the it begins with an acoustic guitar none of the other songs do that uh and this is the oddball. this is if you place this one in red it'll fit if you well maybe fearless but if it, the the point is it's different it's different than all the other ones so this is her song i feel like this is her song and ryan adams did it in a way where uh it, it mimics uh taylor swift's uh style so i feel like if it was done in a different era she would have performed exactly how ryan adams did it uh, did it and uh that's mainly why that's mainly why he gave it to her
2: See, the image I got this time, there's a shot in blank space where she's sitting there, her dress is torn up, her, she has mascara running down her face, and she's a mess. And that's just kind of the feeling I got from re-listening to it, because she just doesn't know what to do, and she's like, what happened to this love? And she just can't really deal with it, so. I, I don't know why, but just that image, like, she's a mess right here. And it's like, this woman could, if there was a popular vote, she would be the ruler of the world. And she doesn't know what to do at this point in her life. And Mm. it just kind of resonated with me.
1: All right. So moving on to I Know Places.
0: The the latter half of Taylor's Swift's uh, nineteen eighty nine, beginning starting off was a little slow. It's it's the slowest songs, and the long actually the longest songs on her album are "This Love" and "Clean," which run longer than four minutes. Um, all the other songs are three, three and something, three and change, but uh, "This Love" and "Clean" are four minutes. And right in between that one is "I Know Places" with three minutes and nineteen seconds, I think. Um, so I, it, that one's the all ball in the, in the last three, um, but this, and this one I, I gave to, uh, Ryan Adams because his version, it actually, his version, the three last songs go within each other. And actually Ryan Adams version is uh, of this song of, of I Know Places is six minutes. So he, he put it in a way where it flows smoother in the, la- when you're listening to it as a whole, um, and that's what i really liked about um his version um and mainly right uh, and real real like when i when we first did this uh, craig and i we really never paid attention to the lyrics we were t- discussing this last night like we didn't pay attention to the lyrics as much as we should have um and him actually revealing the story of like how kind of actually terrified taylor swift is of going outside and being like mobbed by paparazzi and fans and and people in general um his version really um underlines that um where i feel like taylor swift's version like yeah this is another fun pop song
2: I thought it was a love song at first. So this is one I I never really paid attention to it. I think it's the only one that could have been cut from the album for t- from Taylor Swift's. And hearing Ryan Adams do it and just like just has like an outlaw vibe to it, you know. Mm. And I realized that oh, it's not a love song. This is about being afraid to leave her apartment because the paparazzi swarm her similar to the like the Beatles, you know. Yeah. And she doesn't like going outside she's not like let's all again.
1: remember princess Diana that's a real danger
2: yeah it's it's not like I know places we can hide and like oh you know we can be you know we
1: can be together somewhere yeah.
2: it's like I know places we can hide so I won't go insane and get attacked by the paparazzi and mobs of people and that totally changed it for me but because of that Ryan Adams version made me respect Taylor Swift's more so I scored it for him 2-0 yeah.
1: so. and then the last song clean
2: Clean, I think it's the hidden masterpiece. Uh, it took me months to realize how great the song was. I was driving home alone in the rain one night. <laughs> it, it's yeah, laugh if you want, but it was like it just hit me. Cause there was no one on the road. I was alone. you know it was, it was pouring down rain, so I was trying not to die, you know. And I just started listening to it and just got lost. and I'd laughed at my friend Nick. He's he's, he's an emo fan, you know, he'll take it. But he told me that was his favorite one on the album, and I laughed at him, like, really? That one? You're going to be that guy? But I realized he was right, so Nick, I apologize if you're listening to this, because you were right.
0: Um, I don't know if there's a way for anyone to do a better version of Taylor Swift. Um she she kills it. There's, he made it too happy. I that's what I feel too. Yeah. I feel like listening to it I was like it's a little too upbeat. Um but yeah, clean Taylor Swift. I mean there's not much more to say than what you did. Um it it's done really well. The rain
2: came I guess it's kind of interesting though Because we praised him for turning her kind of happy songs into sad ones
1: And when he makes the sad one happy, we're pissed Yeah, we're pissed. Yeah. on yeah. It's like, what are you doing,
2: man? But yeah, so I didn't think about that
0: earlier yeah. And it's the the best song to end on, on this album on on her album.
1: So before we give away the final scores, just do a little summary. Like, one of the things we're really taking away is his version highlights things we didn't notice about hers. Um, His version, like, his album, I think, flows better. But personally, I like hers better.
2: I'd agree. Yeah. Can we reveal our scores now?
1: Yeah. Do you want to say anything else? Do you have any other... All right. Let's reveal the final score.
0: Taylor Swift got an overall score of fifteen. Ryan Adams got eleven.
2: I was the Ryan Adams devotee. I scored it exactly the same, fifteen to eleven. Oh, okay.
0: Did you guys do
1: this together?
2: We didn't share our scores. No,
0: we didn't. See, we we, we, we didn't listened talk. to it together, but we didn't share our like. We shared a little a bit a little bit of our thoughts. Yeah, they're different scores. Each different no, songs I mean, got different I, scores. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked. Yeah, that. we we listened to it together. Um, that, that's kind of romantic, actually. Um, we listened to it together, uh, but we didn't, like, share our thoughts or anything. We, we marked down who won, um, and that was it. I'm actually surprised. Wow.
2: Yeah, I was expecting... Honestly, I was expecting to score Taylor Swift a lot higher, personally, which oh. I, I was shocked, because, like I said, I originally had it tied at 13 until I heard this love, and that was the deciding factor for me, so... Yeah, I was kind of shocked. I scored his so high because you don't expect cover albums to be that good, and it's rivaling the original. Not that I mean, clearly without Taylor Swift, this album would not exist. So credit you have to give credit where credit is due, but he nailed the cover album. Yeah,
0: and I do want to point out something that Taylor Swift actually said. Um, I think we might have said it. I I don't know. It was we might have said it. If we said it, it was in the beginning, where she when she called in to the Beats One Radio with Ryan Adams uh... she said that this is not a cover of her album this is ryan adams reimagining the album and making it his own Um i, f- I feel like that really puts um, uh, ryan adams ver- uh, version into into well it it highlights it well describes it well
2: yeah I if you're interested in ryan adams he has three bands that at least three main bands that i know of he has he began with whiskey town which Rolling Stone basically said could be the nirvana of all country And people were comparing him to <laughs> Wilco and Jeff Tweedy, and that basically pissed him off, and he's like, oh, fine, I'm done with this. And so then he went solo, made the album Heartbreaker, which is a must-hear, I think. It's my personal favorite album of his. He followed that with the Gold. And the song New York, New York kind of made him famous, and on a bigger scale, as he filmed his video four days before 9-11. And it's him, on, like, across the river, and it's him playing basically below the Twin Towers. And oh, so wow. people kind of use that song as, like, a rallying cry for America after 9-11, which I didn't know. I thought that was very interesting.
0: Um, and if you're not interested in Ryan Adams, please be. Um, I didn't know anything about Ryan Adams when I came into um, into this uh, uh a uh, co- collaboration or, or, or mixed um, session of, of reviewing his album and I am amazed at his talent um, and re- learning more about him about how many un- unreleased tracks he have um, he has. Um, and you mentioned this um, earlier. He started his own label and while he was still in high school. Yeah, that's he'd, insane. He'd
2: record. Apparently, he'd record every instrument on his own, release it as a different band every week, and just sell it to his friends just just because. And now that record label has taken off. It's Paxam, uh, and he does himself a single every month, so a vinyl yeah. seven inch single, and they are not easy to find. They sell out very fast. So the demand is there, especially the one 1984, which it was. Yeah, they're both 1980s albums, basically, but this one was his punk album, and it's 10 songs, and it's about 12 minutes long, and it just blows by, and I'm waiting for him to do New Romantics as a punk song. I think that'd be fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. A little disappointed you didn't cover that one, but what are you going to do?
1: All right, well, thank you guys so much for being on. Uh, close out with your name, where people can find you on social media, on the Emerald, wherever, and your... F- favorite uh, would be Ryan Adams cover what should he cover next
0: Ooh, that's a good question just follow just keep on keep the trend and do red I don't know um, well uh, thanks for having us uh, I'm Mike um, you can find me on Twitter um, that's probably where I'll be most uh, Twitter handle is at Mike where's Ike um, I tweet some st- I tweet some stuff Uh want more Taylor Swift stuff, that's, where, that's the place to go.
2: And I'm Craig Radham, associate editor for the Arts and Culture Desk at the Emerald, so I write frequently for them. My Twitter handle is Craig. If you want to be disappointed by a Twitter page, check it out. I think I've updated it maybe once in the past eight months. It's a blast. And I'm going to cheat and not do favorite or song you should cover next, but I'm going to do my brother's theory. That Taylor Swift and Ryan Adams need to date for a while. So they have the happy period, you know, get like two albums a piece out where they're just like, hey, we're so happy to be in love. And then once they break up, it'll be like Love is Hell Part Two for Ryan Adams, and who knows what Taylor Swift will do. So, yeah, I think that'd be genius.
1: Oh, cool. well, let's hope that happens. <laughs> I'm Alex. Keep listening to the Emerald Podcast Network.